Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar. I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe. Hello, Sherlyn. Welcome to 2024. How are you doing? I mean, what was it like in the first minute there was a tsunami or an earthquake or something? <laughs> that was great. Uh, you know, multiple earthquakes, uh, extremely high waves across the West Coast. Uh, things were real bad. And yeah, earthquake and... Okay. You Bodes know well. What? Uh, I will take those as good signs. Good signs for the rest of the year, everybody. And we will be diving into, what what is it today? Like, it's CS is almost beginning. We are in the midst of publishing CS news. Uh, CS officially kicks off next week. So in this episode, we'll talk about some of that stuff and what we're going to expect. Also, we didn't have an episode last week. So let's wrap up some of the best and worst things we uh, saw and encountered in 2023. Mm-hmm. Gotta, we're a bit looking forward and looking back. As always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. That's super helpful. And drop us an email at podcastandgadget.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. So let's kick off. Let's um, look forward immediately, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, CS 2024 is upon us. Uh, Sherlyn and I and the rest of the Engadget team have been doing a lot of prep work ahead of this. And now the embargoes are rolling out. The news is rolling out. Um, but on a broad level, Sherlyn, I did want to ask, like, what are you expecting from CS this year? You're going in person. I'm going to be covering remotely. Uh, what are you excited to see? Yeah, so there's a few of us that are going in person. Uh, and and I think I, I want to start by broadly talking about CES as a show, you know, since the pandemic, especially. I think it sounds like a much less exciting year this year. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. It sounds like people still don't quite know what we want to do regarding CES, right? I mean, I think before the pandemic, you had like huge excitement around CES every year and, and this huge anticipation that we're going to be swamped. Google goes in and has this huge playground of a booth and Samsung had their like VR rides and roller coaster type things, the simulator rides with the VR headsets. And LG had their wall caves, right? And TV wall, wall cave, yeah. caves. And those are so nice. And I don't know that there's going to be, like, then the pandemic hit. And then the first two after the pandemic were a little smaller in scale. And a lot year, smaller. Like, we didn't exactly. go the first couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Like, I think one year we, like, skipped entirely. Well, we didn't go at all. And then another year we also didn't go at all. And then, like, now, right? Like, we're starting to go again. And, and I don't know what to expect on that front, right? How big of it? How much of, how much fun is it? I will say that I expect to spend some time at the sphere. Um, which will be my first time seeing it in person, which will be I think I think I expect a lot of companies to make full use of this new like arena. That's is all anybody announcing anything at the sphere, I guess? Like I don't okay, know I'm that sure I can we can't say, say anything. Okay, okay. But I expect I do to feel spend like uh listen, there. if you are a big company that wants to like show off how cool you are and how much money you have, the sphere is probably a really cool venue. Yeah, and but there's do you, a are lot you gonna of check out the U two show as well, Sherlyn? 
I don't think U2 is showing in the sphere uh, while we're there. I think currently it's another installation. Uh, it's uh, I forget the name of the artist, but I, I might or might not check out a show when I'm there. Um, but okay, so so all that said, right? We don't know what mm-hmm, companies mm-hmm. are going to be showing off any big things, if at all, uh, there. But we do know there's the sphere, which might set the scene for some fun, I don't know, experimental or... or well, it's funny... It's funny because we're talking about CES as being such a huge thing, right? And then the pandemic kind of slowed everything down. And it felt like as a society too, right? It was a society-wide thing of us like slowing down. It's like, okay, okay, okay. We were so focused on like crazy big news and all this stuff, all this super hyper-capitalism. And we were forced to slow down. And now the sphere appears. Like a sign from the heavens is like, oh, no. We are not done with you yet, hyper-capitalism. Um, okay. And it's a, lot of, funny, a lot of electricity, you know, consumption. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, down yeah. to the actual topics of what I predict we will see. I mean, based on my inbox and everything that have, I've been pitched and, and, you know, the exhibitor list I've been looking at, I feel like, and you'll probably agree with me on this too, AI is going to be in everything even more than before. Yeah, we're sure. going to see like... Generative AI stuffed in all kinds of stuff, wearables, you, the humane AI pin, I don't think will be there, but like it's, it's a portent of things to come, right? I yep. mean, yeah. Have you seen, there has been this ad on Twitter, Sherlyn, of people just being like, this thing is coming. And it's like blurred out video of like some sort of AI thing. Uh, it's the weirdest ad campaign I've seen for it. Um, but everybody's I'm not on like Twitter, on so. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're on threads where all the cool kids are. Where there's no ads for now. <laughs> mm, um. For now. Um, but yeah, certainly not, not, I'm not too surprised by that. And actually, I will shout out my thing is that AI PCs, I think, is going to be the big, big thing we're seeing. Uh, we wrote up a piece actually. Uh, contributed from a whole bunch of us, uh, CS 2024, what we expect in Las Vegas this year. Um, AI's PC has been a new phrase I've seen from Intel, from AMD, and that basically describes computers that have the new chips with NPUs or neural processing units so that they can handle some AI work. And that is a big shift. Like these chips are not GPUs or not CPUs. They specifically handle background AI tasks. So things like blurring the background or doing some Audacity or Photoshop work. So that's a cool thing. That's different. I mean, uh, you know, it's something. Di- it's different. I guess that's that's what I was gonna ask you when you started talking about this. Like how we're seeing this obviously move over from phones into to uh, you wrote you know, a piece in 2017 exactly. about neural processing units, Sherlyn. Yeah. No, no, no. I phones. understand. I understand that, and I know. Yeah, MPUs and phones. I can't understand it because it's all like um, the ARM architecture, right? It's the like big yeah, little core yeah. and this sort of things. You're basically using the same sort of formation or, or design to have MPUs run more AI oriented tasks. I just don't know that people on PCs are necessarily using AI tasks that much that they need a dedicated processing unit. Like maybe mm-hmm. are, are all like BARD and Bing AI or Copilot tasks, you know, run by the MPUs or no? It can be like, no, right now, so, uh, you know, Bing That's AI what I mean. <laughs> does, does not need an MPU because it's just, right. it's, it's doing That's cloud regular, stuff. It's, right. it's dealing with neural units on the cloud rather than on your device. But if we want our computers to be more functional, right, the whole thing about like onboard Siri on your yeah, iPhone, yeah, getting a lot smarter, getting a lot smarter on the Apple Watch, you need something to kind of handle natural language processing, um, things like that, like deal deals like that. Uh, yeah, you're I mean, right, though. To, With sorry. our phones. Yeah. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to finish my thought, which is that like, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With, I can see your point because I was excited for when Google brought generative AI to the Pixel 8, right? So it's the same yep. idea yep. that like you can run those things locally instead of to, on the cloud. But go on, sorry. I mean, that's mainly it. But also on phones, like the neural units have been also powering things like 
um, image processing. You know, whenever you're doing like portrait mode, either on a Google device or an iPhone, like MPU is doing some image work. It's handling stuff like I think the dictation, voice dictation is also relying on transformer models and neural process and neural units and stuff like that. So on PCs, it's not going to make a huge difference, exactly. but there are little things. There are little things sort of like I do really like the Windows Studio effects. And these are when you're in a video chat, um, if you're on an NPU enabled computer, you get the option to have like hardware powered background blur, hardware powered background replacement, uh, the whole eye, like keeping eyes on on tabs Gaze, of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it can do that stuff without hitting your battery as much because it's this whole separate chip that can just like think and do these low level background tasks. So that sort of stuff is cool. Um, Intel announced it's working with developers from like folks like Adobe and Audacity to power AI features. There's Photoshop features that can just like optimize your image. Uh, you could do that by hitting the CPU a lot or hitting the GPU, um, or you could do that by hitting the, the NPU and kind of having maybe a different effect or it'll be faster than the CPU. All these companies are talking about um, the overall flops power, the overall, you know, uh, operations that they can handle in a second. And it's really the T flops is how they're measuring it out. It is a measure of both the CPU, the GPU and the NPU. So the NPU is like this other little thing that could kind of help you out. It may not, it's not gonna change the world, but I do think if you're buying a new computer, you kind of want that AI PC badge or something like on it, because you want to be future-proofed a little. I agree. I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. Setting the foundation mm -hmm. for like more on-device tasks on laptops. I think maybe so far we've been hindered or maybe like development or advancement has been hindered a little bit by the, the fact that the machines don't actually have dedicated processing units to it yet. Like I can see, I, I don't know, right? Like I, I think for phones, I think they're better designed and better built to do more AI tasks anyway. Like the things you said, right? Like, um... I gaze, sure, but like, yes, AI in photo editing, AI in uh, like language models and understanding your speech and like uh, building uh, unique voice models. That's kind of why you want on-device neural processing units. So I guess if you're going to bring that to PC, you probably want those two. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Definitely look at, look, we'll keep an eye out at CES, but it's not those like, it's not one of those things that is very visual. You know what I mean? It's not gonna. It's not gonna change the world. I think it's not. But it could subtly change the way people work. And listen, one thing tied to this is I wrote up a news post yesterday. Microsoft was excited to announce new computers in 2024 will have a Copilot key, a physical button on your keyboard wow. that triggers Copilot. Where so are they gonna put um, it? We've seen it on a couple computers so far. I've seen it on the Dell XPS, which we'll talk about a bit later, but. It is like um, on the bottom of the keyboard, you have the two alt keys. It is right beside the right alt. So they're uh, just so like not the, the extra Windows control. Key. Uh, what do you mean? They're going to get rid of So currently I'm looking at my keyboard. Right? I have a control on the all the way on the left. And then I have a control on the right as well next mm -hmm. to the right alt key. It could it could be. I have to double check my screenshot for the for the XPS, but I'm looking at my key right now and I actually have two Windows keys on I have a Logitech MX Master keyboard and there's a Windows key on the left and a Windows key on the right and somewhere in the right. One of those right keys will likely be replaced by a copilot key, which is symbolically showing us Microsoft thinks copilot is now as important as the start menu to them, you know? So yeah, AI, all the things. And I, I forget if I mentioned my whole piece about like what Microsoft's AI vision is, but I wrote a thing about how I'm really skeptical of all that too. So, you know, you're right, Sherlin. AI, all the things is here. That's going to be probably the biggest thing we hear about at CES. I'm sorry. I'm very distracted right now. There's about like half a dozen squirrels running around on the 
branches of the tree outside my window. Well, you know what? I think the squirrels want to know what's going on with natural language processing. Okay, so looking at our CS uh, preview piece, uh, Wi-Fi 7 is something else that I think we're expecting to hear quite a bit about. I, I don't think it's as exciting as AIPC, and AIPCs aren't aren't very exciting either. Exactly, but Sam Rutherford yeah. wrote this up. Um, we're waiting for the spec to be finalized for Wi-Fi 7 early 2024. Um, we're expecting to see devices and routers supporting it. Uh, it's going to offer maximum speeds up to 46 gigabits per second, uh, over twice as fast as what's on Wi-Fi 6 and 6E at the moment. And uh, it's going to offer a 320 uh, megahertz channel that can double capacity compared to previous generations. So faster Wi-Fi, um, is this something you're thinking about, Trillin, on the mobile end at this point? No. Uh, no? <laughs> I... Wi-Fi 6 has been so good. I feel yes, like yes. I feel like we're good for a while actually. Exactly. It, that's what I think. I think we're we, we're at a point where like, you know, we're hitting the same sort of plateau we did with resolution wars on both cameras mm-hmm. and screens and that they're pretty good right now. I don't think we need that much faster. Um I think we got it's to a point where a yeah. yeah, I think we also got to a point where like our needs are like what video uploads and downloads concurrently and they're pretty almost not instantaneous. You're waiting about 2 seconds, 3 seconds now. Um, as long as we can keep up, uh, keep that up, I think we'll be fine. Um, but you I know. think it's less these days though. It is less about if you're thinking about Wi-Fi in your home. It's less about like what your one or two devices can do. It's more about like oh, for sure. what the fifty devices on your network hitting your router, uh, pinging things. Like I talk to folks, um, friends of mine who have like seventy devices right. on their router, and right. it is it's you know being able to handle everything that is happening in your home and on your system at this point. But I will say folks, like I'm, I'm not super, I'm not like counting the days until Wi-Fi seven appears. Uh, I will say if you're running an older um, router, if your router has not been upgraded in a couple of years, it is well worth getting a Wi-Fi six or six E system. Um, I did an AT&T upgrade where they gave me the AT&T Wi-Fi six router. They actually did a great job for expanding how far my network reached in my backyard and, into my basement and other things. So that is a big leap and those things are getting cheaper, but Wi-Fi 7 is coming soon. So that's another thing we'll be keeping a look at. Uh, Daniel Cooper suggests that user-friendly solar is going to be another thing. Um, like that's solar be a big energy? Deal this year. Like solar energy. So like portable battery packs with separate uh, solar panels to charge themselves. I've actually been seeing these at CES for a while now. So I, I don't think it's going to be like a bigger thing, but according to Dan, pop-up panels coupled with inverters and batteries that look like air conditioning units sitting unobtrusively in the corner are all the rage. And not quoting Dan now, I do think like people are looking for power options that aren't generators. Uh, down here in the South, our power is not great. Uh, we often have like brownouts or weird outages during the summer when the grid is really stressed. And a lot of people have generators, but personally I've been like, I don't, don't want more gas. I don't want to have to like maintain an engine. If you have a generator, you have to like make sure it's oiled properly. You have to make sure it's maintained. It's a whole stupid thing. Um, give me a big brick of battery that I can charge over solar. We actually saw some experience, uh, you know, with this ourselves uh, when we were doing a video show. Uh, one of our listeners called in and uh, they had their whole setup. They were based in Puerto Rico. This was right after a hurricane, and they were charging their computer their router, I believe, like all, all sorts of devices and chatting with us, uh, they were charging over solar based on using outside solar panels, charging battery packs that was charging all their equipment. And they seem to be running just fine. Um, so we saw it in action. Uh, I know Jackery is a company that's been focused on this stuff for a lot there for a long time. I've seen it at CS for a while. So if you're looking for like outdoor battery needs or extra battery needs and stuff, 
Solar's going to be a big deal. Battery packs for your home. Uh, it's not just like if you have an electric car now. Like I do think people may start considering these things as like legitimate things to deal with issues with the grid. So it's not something you have to think about, Sherlyn. Like you're in an apartment. You guys likely have a backup generator. Like you're good. We do, yeah. Um, but when my... you're in a separate house, it's a pain. For sure. Mm -hmm. I would say my question about that is like how how good are solar panels right now at like converting sunlight to energy that can be stored to? Like there's several pieces to this. One is the rate of conversion and the rate of like how much time in the sun does you need to charge for like an hour of juice? Plus also how good is storage? I guess that's more battery technology. Yep. I don't know. There's a that's lot of questions. More battery. There's a lot of questions, but I think we have seen this stuff for years, and every year it's been getting better. Uh, better solar efficiency has been improving year on year. Battery even capacity, at the consumer level, like the down. Yeah, even like at a consumer power. level, um, to really get like really, you know, really powerful stuff, you need a lot of panels. But I do think if you want like a little, you know, a thing that's portable that you could take camping, where they can charge your phone or a couple yeah. devices, you know, um, you don't need that much. It's going to cost a lot because batteries cost a lot of money, but. For that peace of mind, it may be worth it. So, I absolutely think yeah. the idea of like a, a portable battery charger for my phone when I'm on the go is the best. Because um, I could forget to charge my battery sometimes. Not just my phone, but the, the, the one that I take with me to juice up my phone, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Has anybody have... done like a magnetic solar panel for the back of phones that you could just like put your phone by the window and let it do the thing? I don't know. Hey, but startup idea. Startup idea. Free one right here. Or if like it was a battery pack, but it, the battery pack also had a solar panel, so it was like slowly trickling, and you could leave it in a corner when you take it off your device. Hey, we're gonna see a lot of cool solar stuff. The solar punk has been like a rising genre of like fiction and science fiction, and we're gonna see like a lot of those ideas coming into reality. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Mems earbuds. Uh, these are uh, earbuds using the new Mems drivers. Uh, Microelectromechanical systems, uh, maybe the next big thing in headphones, according to James uh, True. Actually, no, this one is according to Billy Steele. Um, and Billy points out like the first wireless earbuds that are using MEMS, the creative Orvana. Mm. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> Orvana, A U R V A N A, Orvana. Ace, um, these are using these MEMS drivers and they're supposed to be. Uh, they have solid state components. They don't need to be like tuned or trained as much as like older drivers. And uh, let me see here. Next gen MEMS technology can have 40 times louder bass response. Uh, right now they need like a secondary driver for bass. So MEMS is a cool thing. Maybe co better technology for wireless earbuds. I'm down with that. Have you noticed like any, you're probably using a lot of buds at this point, Sherlin, right? I mean, I'm currently wearing buds to while we recording or we record this episode, uh, but I mostly use the AirPods now and I know that's set, but um, I, I just want to say creative is a Singaporean company. So shout out. <laughs> shout out to well, creative. You still be like the, one the of the King big of players. Hill, like mm -hmm. sound blaster. Like I, I had a sound blaster in my first PC. I remember that was like a whole big thing. I use, I like their products a lot back in the day. Um, anything else you want to mention, Sherlyn? I know you wrote about, um, I mean, you put together this piece of what we expect in CS this year, did you not? Or were, no, you did the best and worst. I, yeah, so I did the best one. and worst, but Terrence. I, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, this was like, anything you want to mention? Uh, right. So the piece of the what to expect kind of is, was like a, yeah, let's, let's get the team in to get, because it was, uh, everyone's taking different briefings. Everyone's got different levels of expertise or areas of expertise. And mm -hmm. so even though I didn't physically like visibly contribute to this piece, I had thoughts, obviously. Um, 
I think my area of expertise too is usually in the like accessibility wearables and health and fitness space, especially when it comes to uh, CES. Uh, obviously, there's also like mobile and laptops, but I think we're so well covered on that front. I think we're always going to see more cars and TVs at CES. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also think that uh, last year I, I covered uh, at CES this thing called the Displace TV, which is the idea of this truly wireless TV that I know that you've mentioned in this document. I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. This display TV, if you remember uh, from last year's coverage, is this thing that you like, this giant TV that you hold up and then you put it against any like surface on in your home, so a window or yeah. a wall, and you I turn on the suction so and it sucks uh-huh. itself onto your wall and you don't need mounts. It's truly wireless, right? Like it's also like wirelessly getting its signal from the TV box somewhere else in your house. Uh, and that same idea, the concept of like having no like cables um, except for maybe a power cable, right? Um, it was something I saw also a lot last year. LG had a TV that was supposed to be also kind of a wireless uh, with a base mm-hmm, somewhere else mm-hmm. that you're getting the signal from or the processor was somewhere else and the TV, the screen itself was just a screen. So maybe that. And then myself, I am uh, looking forward to the weird, the wild. I, I, I'm already getting pitches about like all these different health and fitness things that again, I'm just... Not too sure I can talk about. There is one thing that I am extremely excited to do. Um, I think you can all look at the exhibitor list at CES and get a sense of what's coming. I do think this year, though, that we're going to see the most interesting things come out of the smaller areas that we don't expect. Things that you can wear, things that you can like. It's just going to be weird and wild, and it's going to be kind of fun. I think last year there was a lot of P-Tech I think Dan Cooper wrote about all the like devices relying on pee detection and uh, health detection through piss. So, you know, uh, we there, we can only go down from there. Poo tech. Wonderful. Poo-tech. Going down it's from coming. pee. Excellent. Going down from pee. There was a scrub song about what you can learn from poo. Somebody's going to make a smart toilet thing that's just like, okay. It's just going to sit in the base of your toilet did. and detect what's in there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that has existed, but also be in the water to detect everything. Listen, you heard it here first. It's going to happen. Um, I do want to point out that Displaced TV you're mentioning, Sherlyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Steele wrote up the update here about yep. what we can expect from them yep. and other things like this. The original Displaced was a 55-inch uh, The Displaced Fex, uh, Flex. Has not been for sale yet. It actually went up in price since last year, so now it's four thousand four hundred ninety four forty four ninety nine. Good job for a uh, TV that sticks to your wall. You know what's great that I've been looking around in my house is just like you can buy like a little portable stand, like a little thing on wheels, and you mount your TV to that. Mount your TV to that. Roll it around wherever you need to in your house. Uh, it's great. Just have to deal with some cables there. I don't know. I like that idea. I like that idea mm-hmm. for my bedroom, maybe. For your bedroom, for wherever. Um, people are always stressing about like how to mount things to your wall. Exactly. You live in an apartment. Yeah. You don't have to do that. I actually, I was in an Airbnb recently that had like a, the tripod, uh, like the three legs sitting yeah, up yeah, to hold yeah. up a I've Roku TV. And that actually looks pretty cool. Um, so you've got options out here, people. Um, so, okay. That's what we're expecting from CES. We've also already seen some news go live already. So like pre-CES news, I guess. Samsung revealed that it has uh, three new uh, Odyssey OLED gaming monitors, including two new sizes. Um, so the original Odyssey OLED uh, was a 49-inch uh, super ultra-wide curved monitor. Now there is, I believe, a 32-inch, yes, a 32-inch um with a 240 hertz refresh rate and a 27 inch with a 360 hertz refresh rate, people clearly want like 
as as nice as it is to say like you have a 49 inch monitor i think a lot of people are just like just give me something that fits on my desk please so that is where a 32 inch oled comes in or for the true gamers who want like the highest frame rates possible they are really into smaller uh, smaller sizes the 27 inch is a quad hd screen so that's how it can get to that high refresh rate but those gamers those twitch gamers are not playing in 4k right they're not playing at super high resolutions a lot of them are playing in 1080p or less to really crank up the frame rate so it could be useful for them i actually also wrote up last night dell has officially unveiled new xps 13 14 and oh, wow. 16 laptops so the new xps 13 is actually just the xps 13 plus from last year uh they have taken drop plus from the name they have just called out the xps 13 all of these have the new intel core ultra chips with mpus so they does are the, AI PCs. does mm -hmm. the xps 13 now no longer with the plus branding does it have the like a uh, capacitive row of function keys it has all it's the same it's basically it's the same, the same basically, right? as last year but what is really interesting is that i was not i thought the xps 13 plus was fine but it, it had some issues, right? It didn't have a headphone jack. It only had two USB-C ports. I didn't really like that trackpad, um, yeah. just usability-wise. Like, I kept yeah. missing it. It didn't feel good. Did they fix um, that? They did not fix that in the XPS 13. But the new XPS 14 and the XPS 16 have headphone jacks. They have more ports, and they have micro SD card slots. So and they more look nice? Useful. Like, the, they do look, they have the plus It's the same design. design. It is but the same design, so same they also have the disappearing trackpads. Ah, okay, you know? gotcha. Yeah. Um, but their keyboards are extra wide. Uh, I'm really intrigued by the XPS 14 because it is basically the size of the new MacBook Pro 14-inch. That's essentially what Dell is getting at here. These all have MPUs, so they're AI PCs. Uh, the 14 and 16 can be equipped with NVIDIA's RTX 4000 graphics, so you can get some GPU you know, magic in there. And they look like I, I like the look of the XPS 13 plus. I just didn't like using it very much. I do feel like the XPS 14 may be more of a, a better balance. But listen, when I was talking to Dell, I was in front of all those designers. And I was like, let me tell you. Yeah, about I remember I was there. Do you remember? Yeah, you were there. Um, and it was a lot of me just saying, uh, why, why, why did you guys do this? Like, is this, this is a fundamental usability issue for me. Uh, even Apple, like Apple has seamlessly put, it's trackpad alongside the wrist rest and everything, but there's still like a a separation. There's a slight border, so you can feel with your fingers when you're on the trackpad and when you're on the wrist rest. Um, I thought that was trying to be a little too fancy last year. I don't know if it's going to work out better this year. They did tell me that they added some uh, tweaking features for the uh, for the trackpad that uh, that allow you to adjust the sensitivity and maybe would fix some of the issues I had. That wasn't live for the review, so okay. That's that's the thing we'll be taking a look at. Do you have any thoughts on these XPSs, Sherlyn? My cousin was looking for a new one, so that's why I like I'm very familiar because I was thinking I remember we don't like the plus model for some specific reasons, mm -hmm. and now that you've reminded me, I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends on the work her. they're doing. So the XPS 13 is basically the MacBook Air equivalent. The 14 and 16 are the MacBook Pro equivalent. So I do think the 14 is like a better balance of things. Um, they all have dynamic refresh rate uh, screens too. So they will look pretty good. Uh, they have some OLED options as well. Um, I'm really intrigued by the XPS 14. So I'm looking forward to testing that out. Um, let me see here. Roku also announced that they are making high-end TVs of their own. So last year they announced their own self-branded TVs. Now they're making pro series TVs with mini LED screens. Um, okay. Again, slightly better TVs coming from Roku. Uh, they are clearly going after TCL, who they told me last year they were definitely not competing with. So that's kind of funny 
where TCL is a partner of theirs and have been making Roku TVs from the start. Uh, now Roku wants to do its own thing. And, you know, everyone's a, everyone becomes a frenemy, I guess, yeah. ultimately. Yeah, I think That's it's basically uh, what happens. Yeah. Charlene, I think you were really excited about this one thing. <laughs> you want to bring up the GE excited. Profile Smart Indoor <laughs> Smoker. Excited is a strong word. I just wanted to defend it a little bit. I think that, okay, so the GE today announced that it is um, bringing its indoor smoker, the it was originally dubbed the Arden. It was just a project, yeah, yeah. but then uh, GE had an, a whole Indiegogo campaign uh, for it, and it got like $800,000 in funding through the public. That's not that um, much for a I thing know. from GE. Things from like nothing startups raise millions these days. Sure, okay. sure. But okay. there, I mean, it's showing that there is interest enough to raise the amount of money. But anyway, so this is the first... Um, or the GE Profile Smart Indoor Smoker. Um, the it was basically is a large or larger than before countertop device that brings you the ability to smoke foods inside your kitchen without setting off your fire alarm. Um, okay. Now the reason, what 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 the vendor was up? No, I said okay. I'm just saying okay. Ah, okay, okay. Um, I do have a story about you and barbecue that I will relate to our listeners after this. <laughs> Okay, so so I've uh -huh, actually had uh -huh. the good fortune of uh, tasting some food that came out of this smoker because uh, one of my uh, friends who is uh, a YouTube uh, tech reviewer, I guess, uh, David Kogan, uh, he actually had one of these um, ahead of time and hosted uh, a New Year's Eve party and met, made us some brisket with the G Profile Indoor Smart Smoker. I think that's the name. That's cool. And it was, I will say, I walked into the home and I smelled everything, right? I walked into the apartment. I was like, oh my God, it smells like smoke in here. The uh -huh. fire alarm never, smoke alarm never went off, but the brisket was delicious. And uh, that's all I can say about it, really, right? Okay. Like, it okay. seemed to work. It's using uh, wood smoke pellets to give it a sense. It's yes, not like actually exactly. creating smoke. It is like using some smoke confusion stuff. But I do want to say, you got to go look at some pictures of this thing, like, on a countertop. This thing is huge. This thing is like um, I... the size of two microwaves <laughs> stacked on top of each other. That's pretty yeah. big. For a and, countertop and device. It's maybe, it may be as big to you, I think a size is relative, you know? Uh, I think I have a bigger <laughs> kitchen than you, Sherlyn, because I'm in a house, and too, even I would yes. be like, no, I, no thank I, you. I, I would not buy it because I'm not a person who buys like a, a, you know, and my air fryer is already taking up too much space, right? It's much bigger than my air fryer. Um, you know, but but I when, when you say like huge and you say the word smoker, I tend to think like grill, right? I tend to think a huge, mm -hmm. like a trigger or something. This looks as big as like... If you were to take like the traditional like charcoal, uh, like the round grills and like, you know, put it on a countertop thing, it's about that size. Like I'm looking at pictures of like two racks of ribs being smoked at once on this thing. It's just big. It's just really big. Um, I do want to say I do remember when we were in Computex at one point, Sherlyn, and we walked by one of the one of the like Chinese barbecue places, like the places that basically dedicate themselves to smoking stuff and making the entire street smell of uh, smell of smoke. Um, you did drag me in there immediately. Was so it that delicious made me think though? It was really good. It yeah. was really good. I think this so, was the Beijing Hyang you were talking about, the like the yes. jerky place. Yeah. The jerky place, yes. It was so good. It was so good, but also smoke everywhere. So even if you have this thing, your your home is going to smell like smoked meat, which is a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what what you yeah, want I'm in not... your house and what you want from your clothes. Um, okay, this thing's kind. I think this is going to win some sort of weird CS awards for us because it is like unique and it is like a thing that is going to exist. So that's cool. Any that's any something. CES booth that feeds me uh, <laughs> when I'm at CES feeds me some good protein. Uh, that we'll was... have we'll have my uh, interest. <laughs> 
Yeah, seriously. Uh, LG, as usual, also announced a bunch of news ahead of time and did not warn us. So I always, <laughs> I love taking briefings with LG and they're like, okay, we got all this stuff coming. I'm like, guys, dates? When can we expect this? Can I start preparing for anything? They're like, don't worry, it's a surprise. Um, so yeah, they just started dumping news last week. Uh, they have announced a two-legged AI-powered robot that can watch your pets for you. What do you think about that? So like a a, a, a robot nanny for my pets? Sure. What it's if on I have? Wheels? What if uh -huh. I only have a robot pet? So like, will my robot nanny watch my robot pet, and they're all gonna be friends again? Okay, great. I'm, I'm sure some YouTuber is gonna do this and make like a funny video skit about it and earn millions of dollars. Like that is, I'm oh, sure. That's I wish happen. it could be me to earn them millions of dollars. Anyway, go on. <laughs> you could you could be on YouTube yourself, Joel. <laughs> in fact, you are already right really? now. Uh, LGLs that's the Duke Box. Yeah, it is a tube audio portable speaker. Um, not portable. It's like a it's a smart speaker uh, that uses vacuum tubes, and there's a transparent OLED display on the front, so you can see the vacuum tubes. But also, there's a display on the front, and okay, okay, LG. Huh? It's one of those things. There's Dyson no price. And like nothing this... called, and they're like, "What are you doing, bro? What are you What are you doing? There's no price for this thing because it looks ridiculous, and I'm sure some like some crazy audiophiles will totally go for this. Um, but they are not giving a surprise because I think this thing will cost like five thousand dollars. So, no, thank you. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, I would also want to point out LG Display, which is not the same company as LG Electronics. We always have to make that difference. But LG Display showed off that uh, they have an ultra fast 480 hertz OLED panel coming to CS. That is more hertz more hertz than we have ever seen before it's gonna be a quad hd screen again like gamers want those extra hertz to see those extra frame rates and in competitive games like maybe that gives you an advantage in something like counter-strike overwatch that's pretty cool that's a pretty high number um i don't know when we're, when we're gonna stop with this stuff uh i've talked to monitor you know engineers and people who are like maybe 700 hertz maybe that is like equivalent to real life um so that's kind of like what we're I don't know what we're kind of building up towards at this point. So any thoughts on the CS news so far, Shalyn? I, I, I wasn't surprised by any of it. I think it's our usual mix of like TVs and incremental mm -hmm, generational mm -hmm. updates plus weird, weird robots. fun robots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, it's giving me a good like taste he -he, uh, for this year's CES. And I, I, you know, par for the course, but I'm excited. I mean, listen, again, I do wonder what kind of bathroom tech we're going to see. Poo tech is going to be a thing at some point, and we need a fun right, acronym Dev. for that at some point. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, P tech was a thing last year. Poo tech was a thing this year, or could be. Come on. I believe in it. Sherlyn, you also prepared our best and worst of 2023 lists. And I'm just wondering, you know, we don't have to go over everything here. You guys can go read the stuff in Engadget. Any highlights for you? Uh, from hmm. either of these lists i think the highlight for me is how how many winners we were able to find this year i think Pretty every good. year yeah. it is mm -hmm. such a such a struggle to put together these because everybody wants to pitch losers and this year we actually had a lot more pitches i think for uh winners um i mean i think a big one is the apple vision pro was a winner for me i think i also i i, I crowned um sort of open standards as a catch-all name for what i see to be more like apple with USB-C and c2 <laughs> and rcs as sort yeah, of a winner yeah. this year and i picked them as winners myself less because i think 
they're necessarily actual winners anymore because there are surprises. Apple meets standards. How about that? Right. That's like what, basic uh, standards. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of, I think, the headline we actually eventually went with or the subheadline. But um, there's a lot of other winners in there. I mean, Sam pitched gaming handhelds and foldables. Actually, a few people on the team pitched gaming handhelds. Uh, he, you know, he's also our like resident foldable expert. So he, he, he made a case that, you know, foldables won a lot this year. Um, and we had uh, a bunch of other Honestly, a bunch of other things I was pretty surprised by. I also had fun kind of ragging on some of our losers. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> the Ooh. losers are fun to write. They it, are it so much fun to write. Yeah. Um, I wrote about Amazon Halo myself just because I was pretty bummed when it went away. The the, the Rise Sleep Tracker. Um, you may be the only person in America, Sherlyn, who thinks about Amazon's Halo products. Like, yeah, it, maybe. It's just you. It's just bumming yeah. you out. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry it didn't um, work out. And yeah. it was also nice uh, or interesting for me to write or rag on Reddit a little bit as a loser this year. It was one of my losers um, this year. And I know, uh, the vendor you shouted out Surface's, uh, the Microsoft's Surface tablet, actually, for, for being one of the losers, right? I think so, because um, it does feel like Microsoft's entire vision around computers is just like, hey, here's another, here's the, we got the new Surface Studio laptop, the Surface laptop or we did get a new Surface Laptop Go, but the things, the actual convertible tablets were not really, uh, they haven't been upgraded in two years. It seems like Microsoft is not even thinking about those. When I attended that whole device announcement thing, instead of more Surfaces, I got, hey, AI is coming to Windows. You know, we care mm. more about AI, and that seems like Microsoft's yes. big focus here. So the dream of the Surface Tablet uh, does seem like it's dying, to be honest. Aww. It could be just also like, you know, hitting a plateau like we've talked about for a few other things. Like, you know, you don't need speeds and feeds. You don't need Wi-Fi 7. You don't need however many megahertz at the, more than a certain level. Maybe with the tablet, with the Surface tablet, it's getting to a point where it's fine. I don't know. Um, I, it's you, fine. It's more like I don't – I never really see Surfaces out in the wild aside from when I'm going to a tech event where somebody clearly has like a review right. product that they haven't let go. Um, or on the NFL where, you know, Microsoft had the deal and people, coaches have had those things forever. One of my favorite games is to is to watch TV and spot all the like product placements from Microsoft. That's I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, happened, that happens on TV shows all the time. A the lot, stuff you yeah. – I saw Surface duos in yeah. TV shows <laughs> this year and I'm like, I don't – those don't – people don't who use those things anymore. do not – exist you're not a real person sorry maybe the dream of the surface could be a thing if the surface neo actually came back and was a foldable so if microsoft took its time was like okay we're not going to do like a weird hinge dual screen surface neo but here's a real surface foldable like that is surface moving forward that could be interesting you're right but do you think they're going to do that without panos anymore you know no not not right. at all panos it's, is panos thing. is over at amazon right now pitching yes. What about Halo. an Amazon Halo <laughs> foldable tablet? Yeah, fire foldable, firefold. Oh, oh my god, oh, Amazon Cortana. Name. No, I'm kidding. Firefold like, is a very firefold. good name, actually. Yeah, firefold, and uh, the fact that Halo is actually like a Microsoft thing too. It's just interesting <laughs> to me. I've just made the connection. Only just. yeah, you just made that connection um, very slowly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but no, Devendra, I'm curious too. Like anything. That you eventually, when you hopefully read the articles, did you see anything that stood I out really, to you? Uh, I mean, listen, anything I think the things you? I brought up uh, are totally, yeah. totally legit. The Vision Pro, like you said, I think that did, that was a pretty big announcement from Apple. And I do think, even though most people have not seen it and it's still unclear like how it's going to affect the world, I do think that's going to be a big deal. Like Apple does not tread into these things lightly. And this is a 10-year plan for this company of like what they're going to do with computing. So I'm excited about that. Um, I tell you what. And, yeah. Sorry, yes. go on. 
Well, gender no. of AI was a thing. Yeah, I also exactly. Wrote, that, yeah, obviously. No, I was going to say, I, I ask our listeners, you know, if you all read the articles or if you haven't go read it and then you know, let me know if you agree with our list really, or if you think we missed out on anything. I mean, it's difficult for, for me specifically when I look back on the year and I'm like, what, I hope I didn't miss anything. I mean, we, we called out, um, I think Sam Bankman Freed, uh, mm-hmm. and all the Binance and FTX, all of that stuff as one of the losers this year. And that was something that like, I wouldn't have remembered on my own because I'm so focused on gadgets sometimes. So yeah, if you, if you our stories and you think maybe something was missing or or you fully agree with something let me know um podcast and gadget.com we would love to read them out and actually we had planned this a little earlier we could have like had this better uh but it's totally fine totally fine i still want to hear what readers are thinking best and worst of 2023 but also what are you looking forward to in 2024 let's yes. look forward a bit and let us know folks Let's move on to some other news. Uh, there was a new feature or a newish feature on Facebook called Link History that was getting a lot of buzz this uh, this week because people realize ah. that it is another way for Facebook to track you and track your behavior, which is something they couldn't do as Google uh, basically turned off ad tracking as part of their whole their whole right, thing. Right, third-party cookies uh, thing, yeah. Their whole third-party thing, yeah. So uh, Facebook was basically locked off from tracking those things. So Link History is a feature that's been rolling out since the summer. Um, it allows you to basically go back to any link that you have been sent or have visited through Facebook or Instagram. And I think the realization this week was just that it also means you're agreeing to ad targeting through Facebook. And that was a little unclear from people. So Gizmodo pointed this out. There was a lot of discussion around this. Uh, Chris Abel wrote a, a follow-up for us saying... Um, I think the story was initially people thought this was turned on by default. Mm. It's not. It is a thing okay. you have to... You have to, like, enable. But I think when Facebook sells it, Facebook is like, hey, do you want to remember, you know, your links? Do you want this feature to help have us help you out? I think Facebook sells it as a way where it's more helpful and does not really highlight what it's going to do. Yeah. So a lot of people may have turned it on and don't realize this is happening. It does look like it is very easy. You could go to your settings, browsing data, link history. You could flip that on and off uh, on both Facebook and Instagram, it seems. So, Yeah. The process is the same on Instagram. So if you're worried about this, if you think you turned on this setting, you can turn it off if you don't want Facebook to track you. Also, in other news, Apple Fitness Plus will spotlight Super Bowl halftime performers. So yeah. is this something you've heard about, Trillin? I feel so like you I, were yeah. talking Apple. Yeah. Exactly. I took a little bit of a, a, a explanation call. I don't know what to call it, really, uh, with Apple. And uh, yeah, I mean, Apple does this every year with Fitness Plus uh, and a lot of its offerings. But this year, the update, um, nothing really, I think, groundbreaking. Um, it added more Time to Walk episodes featuring El Roker or, um, you know, other famous people uh lily singh is one of them who i think can be controversial i'm not too sure um but the other things that were announced we i chose to, uh for us to headline or to to focus on the fact that it's adding uh artist spotlight series featuring um performers who had done the super bowl halftime show in the past so starting next week on monday rihanna's uh music will be featuring in uh new workouts dropped on fitness plus the service so there could be like a dance workout cardio workout weights workout or that sort of thing uh with rihanna's music in the background following that we'll have um series from usher uh, or series featuring music from usher you two uh, as well as Britney B. Um, and then uh, other news around this set of updates as well. Um, 
include, I think the one is quite interesting. They're dropping a time to walk episodes, 50 time to walk episodes will be coming to Apple music podcasts. Uh, you have to be a fitness plus subscriber to be able to access them on Apple music. But if you're not a fitness plus subscriber and you've been curious about some of these episodes, the Apple is making 10 episodes available for free on Apple music podcasts. You can go listen to them. I think the episodes will include, um, those from people like, uh, Sean Mendez for some reason, he's the first one I remember. Um, and others, Dolly Parton, I think, might be one of the free ones. There's That'd just like fun. a lot of yeah, I remember that. It's really fun, and I think the Time mm-hmm. to Walk products actually been uh, a pretty nice, actually, a product like um, by Apple. It's kind of a podcast, but really, it's like one of these famous people narrating some some significant moment in their life and describing the things they see while they go on a walk. And so, if you listen to one of these quote episodes. You're basically kind of walking around your own environment and then listening and as if there's a celebrity in your ear next to you telling you something about their lives. And I think that's pretty cool. That's kind of um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you can check that out. And then some other things are coming like um, a golf-oriented workouts for people who are like, uh, I don't know, golfers are looking to get into golf. So, things that like help you, you know, target your back mobility so you can swing it in both directions a bit more and then some lower body strength. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I forgot because like they tend to do this, right? They'll always do like 7,000 updates in one. Um, and I'm just like, all right, so what are we, what are we? Oh, uh, another thing is, um, they're adding a category to their meditation. So they used to have uh, categories like, um, inspiration, gratitude, sleep, sleep was the new one added last year. This year, uh, they're adding something called sound where it's a meditation, but it's like a, it's, it's more, less narration than the others and more sounds so like you know the like really nice zen sort of music you hear in the background of any sort of meditation tape right um and then the the guidance is like breathe in focus on your body right i can't do this for this podcast i need you all to be very high strong <laughs> for this podcast I'm not falling asleep um so if you if you like the meditation but you wish there was less talking now you know apple's gonna be able to make a few more of those available so Again, if you're a Fitness Plus subscriber, great stuff. Is I, I feel like there's a lot of good stuff coming. Um, and also, if you happen to be a Fitness Plus subscriber, as well as a anytime fitness gym sort of uh, member, there's a bunch of like integrations coming. You get some free months of Apple Fitness Plus if you're a gym member, or you get a free month of fitness, uh, anytime fitness membership if you're a Fitness Plus member, that sort of thing. All the details are on our website. Go over to Engadget.com to check it out. Cool. Are there any Fitness Plus things you're actually using, Sherlyn, that you like? I always just forget. And I like, yeah, actually. Yeah. I like Fitness Plus. The problem is that I do forget. I like time to walk, time to run. Um, those are very easily accessible from the Apple Watch. You can use them. Time to run, especially if you're like trying to get some motivation in your ear when you're running and your own. Um, and, and you know, they hype, they increase the BPM along with the coaching voice in your in, in each episode uh, automatically so you don't have to think about inc- like your own playlist of like high and i know there's apps out there that do that right like they do like 60 bpm when you're starting but 120 bpm when you're like running at a sprint um i i like time to run i think time to walk is also very fun i also really enjoy their uh their actual workouts i love the dance ones especially since apple music and apple have the licensing to so many good like songs um for working out too so I enjoyed all of those. And I really loved when last year they did BTS. They did a whole dance workout series featuring BTS choreography and songs. It was great. It's, uh, you know, I've been thinking about like doing like uh, exercise subscription stuff. Um, Fitness Plus, I did a bit. It's kind of cool. But again, I keep forgetting to do things. Exactly. I want to do more things. 
I also keep being like, I keep seeing these Peloton deals. And I think about how much I hate Peloton as a company and being like locked into a subscription to a freaking to freaking bike that'll be useless without it. And I know there are other alternatives, but I'm also too lazy to like figure that out. I'm sitting here looking at like Peloton has really tanked itself as a company lately. Like their stock has gone downhill quite a bit over the last few years. Basically, um, a, a ton from 2021, Peloton was at a high of hundred and like forty one dollars and now peloton is trading at five dollars and 81 cents with a market cap of two billion dollars i'm sitting here and being like apple you have more money than god you could really just take up this failing company and uh just bring everybody into fitness plus so I fitness wondered... plus included peloton mm -hmm, be like mm -hmm. oh now that is something so when Apple was yeah. talking about like looking for a gym partner, right? Like the yes. Anytime Fitness yes. thing that I was talking about, you know, they said that, oh, they carefully looked at someone who's branding with, you know, fit theirs and everything. And I was like, oh, well, why? And I looked at Anytime Fitness and Apple Fitness Plus and I'm like, oh, they're both like A-F-A-F, -F, right? I'm like, oh, is that the sort of partnership you're talking about? Look, I think that Peloton, and I, I feel like Apple is also very astute. I think they're looking at Peloton and realizing that that business might have run its course a little bit, unless they can think of like, Peloton now needs to pivot a little bit and I think to start serving gyms, not just consumer, because they've been serving consumers with like a certain, you know, wallet size for a while. And they're running out. Like those people probably buy their own gym equipment from higher end companies, the ones that have endless amounts of money. I mean, and then you're looking at the middle, like upper upwardly mobile, like upper middle class people, right? Those people already bought their Pelotons. They're good. That's they don't true. need too much more. But yeah, there's still an open market. It's not like they, I don't think Peloton like absorbed the entire market is the thing. It's just that, I don't know, they have to like keep chasing. They Their stuff is so expensive and the subscriptions are so expensive and maybe they have like saturated the people who can survive that. But actually, as we're talking about this, I see stories now, Deepwater Asset Man Management, a Minneapolis-based investment firm, predicts Apple will buy Peloton in 2024. Yeah, it, um, might, it might make sense. It, I mean, just looking looking at the money, looking at, like, we've all been talking about Apple's, like, ambitions for health and all sorts of things. Oh, uh, yeah, I could see this fitting. And also, give me a combined, just give me a combined subscription. You know, I don't want to pay for a bike. I don't want to pay a monthly fee for just, a bike. But if it's, yeah. like, all-encompassing service, which I know Peloton is trying to do, um, I'd be more down with it, don't you think? I think it'll take a while for us to see this deal, if at all, come to fruition, because I think Apple is very nitpicky about its hardware anyway, like its quality, the accessibility of its devices. Like Apple has a very comprehensive approach to a lot of things. Like you still with the Vision Pro, right? So if Apple were to make a move in that space, it wouldn't be as simple as buying Peloton. This would be a Beats move. Like Beats is still mm -hmm. a thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, Beats is a part of Apple, but Apple's still making other headphones. So I, I would see it in that way, you know? Okay. I mean, I could see it that way too, probably. But, you know, have we seen Apple do something like that since Beats? Not since Beats, but uh, Beats was like a rare thing for Apple. Like, I'm exactly. just looking at, we've talked about Apple's uh, failure to get into certain health markets and stuff. Uh, do we want to make this a 2024 prediction? <laughs> Apple's going to buy a Peloton? Oh, my God. Um, Not 2024 for me. So, there you go. I think either Apple buys Peloton or Peloton dies this year. It is trading for $5, Sherlyn. <laughs> you can buy Peloton shares for the price I you buy a latte. You know? I think another sort of fitness tech space team up. Maybe not Apple and Peloton. Maybe like Aloe and Lulu or like... Uh, Who? 
What? Lululemon and Aloe Fitness or something. One of What's those. Aloe I think Fitness? there's a. Okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. Aloe oh, Yoga. God. Aloe Moves. Maybe. I don't. Know. But there's some kind of consolidation coming. I think. We there's just definitely went... consolidation coming. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 So, that, so that, that is a whole that's thing. a prediction. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Samsung also announced that Unpacked is happening January 17th. I hope you're excited about this, Trillin, to go right I off have... of CES into an Unpacked event. I have known yeah. about this for a while, and I have been exhausted already. And if y'all have been wondering why I've been so exhausted for no seemingly no reason, is because I already know my January is going to suck. So, yeah, uh, I'm back. This is happening January 17th in San Jose, which is, I guess, you know, last year they did it in Korea. <laughs> the last one or the last, the second to last. I can't remember. Anyway, did it in Korea. And now they're bringing it to San Jose. Great. Thanks. Um, we will have all the stuff, I think, uh, you, know, you should just stay on the West it. Coast for a little. Like you should That's just what I thought about, but it's January seventeenth, yeah. and like it's a whole week away. And then like I fly back. Go and visit forth. your West Coast friends. I don't know. I mean, look, I probably will not be going to the actual event um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. because we have people in the West Coast. We have a team of uh, coworkers here who could potentially go on my behalf. We don't know. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. yeah, Unpacked is happening a lot earlier than usual this year. I mean, it's not the year like they did it right after CES. That was one year they did that. Um, but it's definitely not February. I don't know what is better, right? Do I want to get it all out of the way by the end of I feel like January? February would be better. Like, give us a break. Give us a breather. Sure. Um, it used to be Samsung, like, would just announce stuff at CES as well. And that was, like, the worst. I do think yeah. it was consolidated, but it was too much at the same time. Um. So okay. Yeah. Unpacked I will say pray for pray for Sam. Uh-huh. You know, because Sam's gonna handle pray for a Sam. lot of this stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Sam. Um. We we're expecting to see the Galaxy S twenty four. It has not been twenty four years. So did they make like no, a no jump no no? They did a name change. Point? Remember, they would jump from Galaxy S ten to twenty. They oh yeah, ten that. to twenty. Yeah. That's that's what the deal was. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they okay. wanted to line up the years. <laughs> Which is smart for them because when I was thinking what model would be launched yeah, this year, yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. 24 because that actually <laughs> 2024. Makes yeah, exactly. The rare Samsung name change. That was smart. Uh, yeah. Smart. Samsung, yeah. I give you a lot of crap for having too many product lines, but I will tell you the name change to the match the year really made sense. Kudos. Good job, Korea. Good job, Korea. We've got two fun stories just to wrap things up here. And mm-hmm. I think they're, they're still pretty important. Mm-hmm. A kid. Willis Gibson, he's a 13-year-old boy, has beat Tetris on the NES. He has become the first person to beat it or at least achieve a kill sc- achieve a kill screen that has been recorded about Tetris. So that's a that's a pretty big deal. I can't remember when I saw this story. I can't remember if it was when we were discussing it in our team Slack or when I saw it on Reddit, but I remember like seeing the picture of this person being so joyful <laughs> that they've like beat it. And then another article someone else shared subsequently really quickly pointing out the fact that it's because kids these days are having like more opportunities to play. They're able to like be, take the game with them to more places compared to before. And therefore now they have more time to hit the kill screen. Whereas like in my generation growing up, there were still wires. You'd be chained everywhere and that sort of thing. I mean, so, no, Sherlyn, you are younger than me. And there were Game Boys. There were things. There I were portable know. systems for those existed. But I think the difference is now is that uh, I he- also hear like younger kids is, are less focused on like graphics and stuff. Is the way that older gamers are who want like all the all the FPS and all the 4K resolution and everything. And Tetris on the NS is a very basic looking game. And to do that and also stream while you're doing yeah. it. Um, oh, this gosh. kid streams as Blue Scuddy or Blue Scooty on YouTube. Um, that's cool. He was I able to get it this. there. 
Yeah. Um, this this piece of news made me want to install uh, Tetris on my phone and also Snake again. Just want to play all the like lo-fi games again, you know? The phone Tetris is not good from what I last saw, but I also feel like any of these like repetitive games is just like... If you want to trap Sherlyn in VR, you know, for the rest of her life, is just like put a headset on, like put one of the most basic ass games, and you will True be there facts. forever. True, True facts. facts. Yeah. True facts. Also, you can now buy an Xbox Series S toaster for $40. Actually, it looks pretty cool. Looks like a fun yep. little toaster. Does and it actually make X marks? Yes, it does. To pretend like you, it does, yeah. And also to pretend like you have an Xbox. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't actually look so much. It looks like a toaster with the Xbox design. I mean, I would get this, except for it's a single slice toaster. How dare they? How dare they? That is actually totally useless. Uh, the, the thing about toasters is that if you look about, if you look at like wire oh, okay, hang recommendations on, sorry. and stuff. Yeah. I take this back. Uh, it, the picture made it look like it was a single slice toaster, but according to our post, okay, it, is, okay. it takes two slices and it has six browning levels and LED countdown and a removable crumb tray. It also has bagel and defrost settings. Uh, listen, folks, if you're buying a toaster, you want a removable tray. That makes a, yes, makes a huge difference. Exactly. It's so much easier to clean. Uh, but if you look at like buying advice for toasters and stuff, everyone, even wire critters, like they're pretty much all the same. <laughs> Just it depends on what you want it to look like on your on your countertop. So this yeah, one so looks I will buy. Cool. I actually think I will buy this. Um, it's really? only $40. It is mm-hmm. a, I mean, it has everything I want. My my current toaster doesn't even have the LED countdown. It has everything else, but not the yes. LED countdown. It is it is very cool. Uh, what I'd recommend, Trillin, I don't know what counter space you're working with, but apparently you, you were okay with that giant smoker ass thing. Um, I recommend this to everybody. Get a toaster oven. Toaster oven will change uh, my friend your just, yeah. life. Like, it will... Just like I, I use it all the time because it's like I can like toast like multiple things for the kids and whatnot. But also, I can roast a whole ass chicken in that thing. Yes. I could do all but sorts of stuff. Yeah. How long does it take to, to toast a slice of bread on that one? It's a couple minutes. Like it is about the same time as an actual toaster, but it's more even than any toaster because the heating elements are like better. They're just far okay. better. So if you want like a perfectly toasted bagel, um, or if you just want to like make perfect French fries without heating up your giant oven, um. Those things are so super useful. So that is my shout out. It'll make your life a lot better. Uh, I mean, I've thought about it. I will quickly point out that uh, Microsoft has made an Xbox Series X mini fridge in the past. Um, I am all for 2024, you know, the Xbox brand just becoming a line of kitchen appliances. I, I would love it. Just bring Apparently it. the Xbox fridge is not good though. Like it sells for 200 bucks. I remember it was on, uh, it was on sale for less at some point, but it can just hold a couple cans. Like it doesn't really hold that much. And it's not really right, small, right? The refrigeration aspect of it is not even very good. So it's just a thing for you to have, to have in your well, do better, Microsoft. You could have a whole smart appliance line with the Xbox branding. So. Well, you know what? Listen, Microsoft has no clue to what it's doing right now. It's leaning all on AI. So if you tell them they can make an AI smart toaster oven, I'm sure they'll try. Uh, Copilot, Copilot oven. Coming soon to you. Let's move on to our pop culture picks for the week. Sherlyn, I know you have some secrets for us. What's up? Yeah, um, this one is not so much a secret anymore. I don't remember if I talked about Leave the World Behind, Devendra. Have I talked about <laughs> I feel that like before? we did. Okay. I gotta like look up our shows, but we did talk but about it at some point. In yeah. addition to that, uh, I think uh, this week I wanted to talk about... Oy. So I'll talk about the not-so-crazy one first. So Class of 09. Remember we were talking about Murder at the End of the World? Mm-hmm. So then after I finished that, my Hulu just auto-played, and it played Class of 09 for me, and I actually found it quite interesting. Stars Kate Mara um, and a whole bunch of other people. I can't remember their names. Um, 
it's about a class, uh, an FBI, uh, a class of FBI like agent trainees or something. Um, but it spans like decades, and the story is told in three time periods: the past, the present, and the future. And it's basically following the future where like an AI legal system or an AI sort of um, policing system has been implemented and the, the sort of impacts of that. And then going through the past and the present, you see kind of how it came to be. And it's really telling the story of this one FBI agent who, you know, has been suffering the effects of this justice system that is, you know, based on racial profiling, that is based on all of these like inherently flawed things. Um... He lost his father to that. And then he's the one who eventually in the future becomes this head of the FBI who chooses to implement this uh, AI-based uh, justice slash policing system that mm-hmm. almost is Minority Report-esque where they yeah. like predict what people will do before they even do it and then start arresting people based on that. Um, there is a quite an interesting scene where a Tesla was found, was stopped because it was not self-driving. They were like, why are you driving your Tesla by yourself? She's like, uh-huh. I like driving. <laughs> like, I like to drive. They're like, this is a problem. You can't drive your Tesla. Like, you're not allowed to. It has to let itself drive, which is interesting. Like, so I, I, I found that the themes of like AI and like the legal system and the repercussions of that were very interesting. It had some solid acting. The movie. Right, Henry Henry's in there. So that's cool. He's yeah. the one that plays the um, FBI the head. head of the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a very interesting series. Um, thank you, Hulu, I guess, for auto playing it for me and got me sucked in a little bit. I will quickly shout out this other um, film that I saw yesterday and I threaded about this Saltburn. Oh, Have you yeah. seen it, Devendra? I have seen Saltburn. I feel My like I would have recommended that to you at some point because it's very much your style of like insanity. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's I watched not. it. I was told to. I was told it. I heard that it had like um. A if, if I if I could have done this, I would have like Sherlyn. Next time you go to your family, make sure you sit down with your mama and watch Saltburn. <laughs> Screw you. No. Uh, definitely don't uh-huh. watch this with the kids around or the old or your parents. parents around. Yeah. Or your parents. Anyone you might be squeamish watching graphic content around, right? But Salburn is about this um, scholarship student at Oxford who befriends a wealthy um, student and is invited to spend some time with the wealthy student's family at their family's estate called Saltburn. Again, I was I, I was told to watch this because it was like the depiction of Oxford or whatever is is somewhat accurate or something. But okay. this, I was not prepared for what this show was going to be. I thought based on the description, it was going to be a fun rump in like academia uh, like Trump, yeah university like, story poor, poor kid gets introduced yeah. to rich kid and gets right. corrupted because of the rich like, kid like that's this typical story right it's been compared to what is it meet joe black or what's that story that like a, another story where this guy is introduced to a rich family is sort of lower income guy talented mr ripley talented yeah, mr ripley thank you yeah yeah so so it's, it's been compared to that but it is like off the charts level of insane and graphic right so my first like first i was told to go and watch this show and i was like never mind I'm not going to watch it until like, I feel like it. Then I saw like on Reddit, people were posting that apparently um, companies are selling candles <laughs> that smell like <laughs> Jacob and Lordy's bath water. And sure. I was like, that is I mean, a the Alamo Draft House was selling, um, I believe, uh, bathtubs that you could drink from <gasps> while you're watching so the movie. So anyway, I did not so realize anyway. that that was going to be because of the film, because uh-huh, of the contents uh-huh, uh-huh. of the film. And that's not the only, that was the first time I said FFS. <laughs> When I was watching, and this happens like I wish I could have half. seen this movie with you, Sherlyn, because it is so Dude, wild. 
Yeah. I last night was this is when I watched it too. I was like, it went. Did you watch it by first. yourself or did you have friends? I watched least? it by myself, but I was texting Aww, as I was going. I was like live yeah. texting. Yeah. And I went FFS once, and then I went FFS again, and then like <laughs> near the end, like basically the end scene, which I'm sure you know what it is. I just go, what? I'm like my face. Yeah. It's to the point where I was like, I don't know that I feel good about this ending. So anyway. It's, not, it's supposed to make you feel good, but it's interesting, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I read an interview with one of the movie's producers or directors, and it's it's like you're supposed to be rooting for the like main character at the end. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. not. <laughs> I don't think I am. Very I interesting. I think to a certain degree people are, show. but uh, listen, not a good dude. Yeah. Kelton, Miss Ripley is a good, uh, good comparison, but also... Hell of an experience. I do think Emerald uh, so, Fennell is is a oh, talented director, to be honest. I also yeah. think Barry Kagan is a humongously talented actor. He is so Holy good. Holy shit. So good. so good. Very good. Rosemont, Rosamond Pike was amazing in it, too. I really liked uh, her. I didn't know that uh, Richard E. Grant was also in it. Just a Love lot Richard. of, like... Great cast. Carrie, Carrie Mulligan shows up for, like, Carrie five Mulligan. minutes, and she's great. Yeah, a short yeah. role in it. And, it's and a, it's a, the movie everyone's too. talking about this year, you know? Yes. For a reason. And it's only the start of the year. <laughs> like, come on. Um, so, yeah, Saltburn, if you haven't seen it yet, and you're wondering what all the fuss about Jacob Elordi's bathwater is about, just go watch no, it. Come on. No. It's, uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now, so you could see it pretty easily. But that is a very, fun crowd experience. So very sexually friends, explicit content. Watch it with if your you friends. Have friends who have who like crazy wild movies, it is worth uh, worth doing together. But that anything else, Sherlyn? No, I just need a break now. I just need I need to have a clean spa. You want a clean spa? You want a full break? How about how about muscly dudes being sad? No, how about that? Okay, all right, sure. Yeah, sure I think you'd actually like... appreciate this quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Because I want to talk about The Iron Claw, which is one of oh. the best things I've seen recently, which stars Zach Efron as the most muscle bound in... we've ever seen him. He plays a wrestler. This is about the Von Erich family, which is a legendary family in the world of wrestling, um, supposedly cursed family because of all the bad things that happened to them. Um, I really, I love this movie. I also think it's a great American tragedy because of the story of this family and everything that goes on. So it is not a movie that will make you feel good. It is a movie that will make you cry by the end, most likely. But you will see Zac Efron acting his butt off and also more muscly than you have ever seen him before. Uh, great cast. Uh, Jeremy Allen White from uh, from uh, The Bear is also in this. Also very muscly. He's one of the brothers. Harris Dickinson, who you just saw in uh, Murder at the End of the World. He's the guy. He's uh, her friend. Um, he also gets muscly. Like, they're all in the ring, all doing stuff. It's all about this, like, em- this sort of empire of wrestling that their father, Holt McCallany, great actor as well, um, wants to build. You know, because he, the father was never as successful as he wanted. He thinks, like, he can build a great American wrestling empire with his kids and it all ends pretty badly. It's actually pretty sad. But I also think why would you tell a, me to watch that then? You like sad things. You do like no, sad I don't. things sometimes. Um, but it is a great American story of like the the dangers of chasing success at all costs. You know the dangers of the American dream. If you don't think about like what it means to people and how it affects people and how it affects your family, so I thought it was deeply moving. I love this movie. Um, but it will make you cry. Like. You will see guys in tight underwear wrestling and then be like, why is everything so sad for them? It is so sad. Um, so something you may actually watch, though, is Scavenger's Reign, which is a new animated show that's on HBO right now. Um, 
This is like a TV version of a short that was originally on Cartoon Network a couple of years ago. It's about a group of astronauts who were traveling to another, like an interstellar solar system. They were in hibernation. Their trip, their ship crashes and they crash land on this alien planet where it's um, the entire ecosystem is just like wild. It's just um, really unique creatures. It's basically about these people trying to survive on this alien planet that is has clearly does have a fully evolved animals that have grown in their own like unique environment. And it's about them trying to come to terms with it. It's beautifully animated, I think incredibly well written and just a really cool way of seeing like what a truly alien environment would be like. You know, I think a lot of science fiction uses humanoid aliens or uses things that we would somewhat understand. But what if there was an ecosystem that is just like beyond our comprehension, that is, you know, has evolved in ways we could not possibly understand and how would you survive in it? Um, That's what this show is about. I think it's really cool. If you really like science fiction, if you like world building, it's fantastic. Well, that's it for our episode this week, everyone. Thank you as always for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at... At Devendra, on Mastodon, on Blue Sky. I'm also on Threads, but uh, you know what? I have not made a single Threads post, and yet my numbers keep rising, Sherlyn. How do you like that? Not making any effort, but still getting clapped. Make my numbers rise by follow me by follow me by following me on threads. I'm at Sherlinstagram, C-H-E-R-L-Y-N-N-S-T-A-G-R-A-M. That's also my Instagram handle if you want to see pictures. And you can always email me if you do not like social media. I am Sherlyn at Engadget.com. Uh, you can leave us your thoughts, uh, podcast at Engadget.com. Uh, write us a review, please, on iTunes and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. They were either fuck or hang on, hang on. They were fuck. Yeah, squirrels. And then, and then, hang on. And then another one attacked the other one. Hang on, hang on. That's what happens. That's what happens. This is nature, Sherlin.